It's 7.55, it's five minutes till starting time. It's Keisha Henry here with Healing of the Heart. 
and I don't know, I just decided to play some warm, welcoming music prior to our start time. So, and I'll tell you more about this uh, artist. I mentioned him in our last podcast, um, Samuel Medas. I'm going to play him again. I really love his music. Anyway, enjoy the music. It's four minutes till eight o'clock. So just a few more minutes. Welcome. Let them talk, let them talk, let them see Everybody sing that it can't be done. He say, she say, they say, say what they wanna say. Oh, everybody sing that it can't be done. Stacy Giants walking in the lane, but that I really care if I'm the only one. Saying yes, we can. It's countdown. It's almost eight o'clock. I'm so excited about tonight's episode. Go ahead and wear that red lipstick. I think we're going to have some fun tonight. <laughs> I think we're going to have a little bit more fun here than the last couple um, episodes. I don't know. Let's see what happens. 
while I have good company. I see we have we have another person. We have one person on. I want to thank you so much for joining me this evening. So I plan on having a good time. How about that? <laughs> and it, it is 8 o'clock, so we're going to pause the music, but we're going to turn it down a little bit. All right. We're going to stop the music right there. So, hey, guys, it's Keisha Henry with Healing of the Heart podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Kind of had a long day today. Yep, I was in the practice today, and um, I even still had a little bit of juice left to uh, go to the gym. I was talking to my sister-in-law. She's uh, <clears throat> in Belize, and she said, my goodness, you have a podcast tonight, and you did all of that today. I'm like, yeah, but I'm so energized by the things that I get to do, including this podcast. So, yeah, I'm really excited. So if you're joining me for the first time, just want to give you a brief introduction as to who I am. So I am Keisha Henry. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, a psychotherapist, and I practice here in Palm Beach County, in Green Acres and also in Boca Raton. I am also a wife and I am a mom. <clears throat> I am also a blogger and uh, I can finally say, I guess, author. <laughs> I've been doing a little bit of writing here and there, but <clears throat> the reason for this podcast is about healing of the heart. It's a new selected prose and uh, poetry journal book um, that is now actually out. Um, in terms of pre, it's pre-released, I should say, um, with a full release coming out September 18th, or with my fingers crossed, that is, um, because right now the manuscript is out with a few of my colleagues, and um, which I thank them so much if they're listening tonight. Thank them for, and my mentor, one of my mentors actually in California, she know who she is. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the pre-release actually happened. So this podcast really surrounds um, the book. It's all centered on the book. And I just felt the need to uh, do the podcast because, I don't know, you know, I this, there are a lot of books out there. You know, why this book um, is the reason for this podcast. I initially started out with the first episode talking about, you know, why I did it. Uh, if you haven't heard that podcast, you can actually download that one. Uh, but many reasons um, around why this podcast and if you want to hear more about that, you can download the first one, why I did it. But essentially, I did it not only because of myself, you know, my own uh, narratives, my own story, because we all have stories in our lives, but because of the stories of the lives of the women and girls that I get to work with on a daily basis. And of course, of course, my girls at home too, I, <laughs> they really keep me on my toes. And I often tell persons that I work with that I'm only better because of the people that are in my home. They do, they do keep me challenged many times, but I have to say that I really have girls at home and a husband that really support, they support me tremendously. I believe they're probably listening to this podcast tonight. But I believe that you can only be good, really be authentic, be an authentic self um, in your place of work, you know, only if, you know, your life at home really um, is one that helps you to be balanced and helps you to really have a chance to look at yourself and become better. That means there's no perfection. That means there's no judgment. But what that means for me is that there's a lot of compassion, a lot of love. And I get that from home. And I get to, you know, be transparent about that with the women and girls that I work with, hoping that, you know, this modeling takes place and that they also get to take it back to their quarters and, and to whether it be work or home. And so essentially, if you've, 
if you're not really you know, sure about the why as I'm explaining, or if you don't connect with the why as I'm sharing it in much brevity right now, um, you can go ahead and listen to the first podcast that talks about why I did it. And if you listen to what I just shared, essentially uh, this book, Healing of the Heart, really was spawned by, again, my life, my family, and the work that I get to do. You know, it's really not that separate. It's not. You know, it's so funny. A lot of times we try to be one way at home and at work be another. It's so hard to do that. Your true self can never come forward, can never really emerge. And I believe that creates anxiety and depression. And I really believe that being that way does not allow us to fully be who we are. So anyway, just a little bit of insight. That was just my introduction, talking about who I am and what I do and uh, what I do and why I do it and why I enjoy it so much. Um, so let's just continue then. I don't know. Let's see if we have anyone else joining us. Okay. And so what is this podcast about? This podcast is about a woman who decided to heal me, obviously, uh, the decision that led to so many opportunities once I decided that, you know what, can't live in that old story, um, but I can do something with that story, you know? Um, I, I get to renegotiate myself. I get to renegotiate my identity because that's important. I get to do that. You know, at one point or another, we all are dependent on other persons as we grow and as we develop. But after those times are passed, you know, truly we fully have a responsibility to renegotiate and to cultivate those parts of our lives that need to continue to be cultivated and also to trim those parts of our lives that are no longer needed or really not essential to being a true self, you know. So basically, yeah, I decided to heal and to take back those territories that were foreclosed upon. We're going to talk some more about foreclosure identity tonight. I had mentioned it in a previous episode, but never fully got into it because we got into so many other um, areas of conversation. So, yeah, it's about a woman who decides to heal, uh, decides to take back parts of me, uh, territories, if you will, that were foreclosed upon uh, by environments, transactions, and other people. It happens to all of us. It's, I'm not the only one. You know, let me just pause here and say, you know, my story is not unique in that there are other women and girls that have possibly gone through um, similar or same, you know, uh, circumstances. So it's not like uh, I'm alone in this. That's not true, which is why this is so powerful, because I'm not alone, you know. So uh, every time I'm in, I'm in practice and I get to work with women and girls who privilege me, and I often use that term privilege because it's true. They don't have to come to um, where I am. They don't have to come into our space. But there's something that they have read or seen or heard, and it's a draw for them. And that draw really is my story, you see. It's my story about deciding to heal. And from that healing, right, which is ongoing, by the way, from that healing that takes place, people can actually, persons can say, hey, that's similar, that's same. There's something about what she says or what they say that seems to connect with me. I want to go there. So yeah, we are privileged. And I say we, it's not just me, but the wonderful team that I work with, we're privileged when a woman comes or a girl comes and, and really wants to talk about healing. So yeah, I like the word foreclose because we're for, it's just like the for, like a foreclosure of a home. You know, you didn't get to decide that you want this home to be foreclosed upon. It's something that's thrust upon you. I like that word thrust because that's exactly what that is. 
And oftentimes, you know, when we're developing and when we're growing, certain things, thoughts and ideas, you know, they are thrust upon us and, you know, somehow or another, they, they harden and they help to shape our personalities and our view of self. And a lot of times it really is not good. And that such is the case with me and, and such is the case with a lot of women and girls um, that I have been, again, so privileged um, to work with and continue to work with. So that's what this podcast is about. It's about looking at my story and looking at it through poems. And so Healing of the Heart podcast is so much bigger than myself, obviously. It really includes a community of women, and I just mentioned them, you know, from the practice. And the practice is called New Beginning Healing Institute. You perhaps have seen that on Instagram or Facebook or some other platform. So it's just a, a reflection of my life, my story, and the draw that it has um, for other women and girls. And so now we get to actually share our stories and to actually work through our stories and to renegotiate our lives, our identity, our identities, because boy, we have a few of them, some of us. <laughs> and so we need to work through that. I mean, that's important, right? Because What's the point of living if you cannot live a fulfilled life, a more meaningful life in a way that you choose? So Healing of the Heart podcast, really, I hope is a draw um, for you um, to be able to perhaps look at your own story or stories in your life and perhaps see if you can connect, you know, with some of the things that we will talk about here. I, I often say that I have this vision in my mind where we're going to be like a big group, you know, like a bonfire where we just sit down and, you know, we share our stories and be able to say, hey, yeah, see, I'm, I'm not alone. And what did you do? How did you overcome? You know, where are you today? Where were you before? So again, what is this podcast about? So continue to take a look at, you know, my passions, my conquests, the unknown, you know, and again, hopefully this will be a draw for you to consider your own story, to consider your own healing of your heart. So that's what this podcast is about. And I'm gonna pause here and play a little bit more music, and then we're gonna come back and talk about what this podcast is not. I often like to reinforce that. So let's go with a little bit of music just to kind of pause, and just to give persons a few more minutes to come on. It's 8.10, so let's play a little bit more. And by the way, I wanna to talk to you about this music I'm playing, Samuel Madas, I like him. I'll tell you more about him. So yeah, I did switch the theme song if anybody caught that. Here we go. So while I'm playing Samuel Madas, let me tell you about Samuel Madas. Obviously, this music is not mine. Let me just go ahead and make that disclosure. So yeah, I changed the theme song to um, he say, she say, they say, everybody's saying that it can't be done. You know, you know, sometimes growing up, maybe you've had this experience where you say, oh yeah, you're never going to be anything. You're never going to be this. You're never going to be that. Yeah, I heard a lot of that. I'm not going to just be plain. I've heard quite a few persons say that. You're never going to be this. You're never going to be that or you're only going to be this, or you're only going to be that, you know, very much foreclosing upon us what they think or telling us what we should be. Um, 
but yeah, so he say, she say, they say that it can't be done. I listened to the song from Samuel Madas. You can perhaps look him up. He is a um, Guyanese uh, artist, Christian artist. And, you know, I love his music. It really resonates with me. You can tell that his words, of course, is like poetry, really comes out of deep places out of his own life. And I really, really resonate with that. So that's Samuel Madas. So yeah, I changed the theme song from Maverick City. Fear is not my future. It's still part of the podcast, of course. But I wanted to introduce this new music because I was listening to it for about a month now. And I'm thinking, you know what? I should share that. Anyhow, just you can look him up, Samuel Madas. So I'm going to pause that and let's come back. Hope you like the reggae in the background. Obviously, that's cultural for me, right? Okay. So let's continue talking about what this podcast is not. I often reinforce this. If you ever listen to this podcast, again, you're going to hear me say it. So bear with me, okay? Don't get tired. But by now, it, it's a mantra, really. So what this podcast is not, okay? It is not blaming. You know, it is not judgment. You know, when I say judgment, I always like to qualify that, meaning that we're not pointing fingers and blaming people for where we are in our lives, okay? So yes, persons should be accountable and they are accountable. But after we do that part, then we need to pivot and make a decision as to what we're going to do for ourselves. So we're not going to point fingers and blame people. We're going to take a look at where we are and say, hey, okay, these things happen, but what can I do? You're going to often hear me say that. So oftentimes, whether I'm on a podcast or if I'm in practice, I often always say, so let's try this other approach about curiosity. Let's be curious about your stories, okay? How, when, why. And I know for some persons with a trauma history, you know, some, there are a lot of gaps. There's a lot of gaps in our stories wherein we can't remember some things because it was so painful. You know, that's okay. That's a protection for you. We call that defense mechanisms. So if you can't remember something, that's okay. You know, we'll remember what we can and we'll talk about those things. But essentially, the goal here is not to point fingers and blame because when we blame, we don't get to heal. We just stay stuck there. So we can be curious about who we are today, how we are today, and why, and try to move forward to heal from those places. So this podcast, what it's not, it's not judgment. It's a judgment-free zone, actually. It's curiosity. You know, my mentor always say, you know what? He should be curious and not furious, okay? I understand. It's good to be curious. Better results with curiosity because you get to ask more questions. It puts you in a power seat, actually. Um, so it's, 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 a, it's not about that. So I've explained to you about the why, who I am, the stories, the reflection points, and, of course, community. So with community, then, it's, this podcast really is about faith, love, and healing. So that's what it's about. And I always talk about Sir Derek Walcott. He says, hey, no one has been unambiguously right or wrong. You know, it's the collective that matters, the collective experiences, including the stuff that were not nice, you know. But it's everything that we take a look at that can help us to heal. So, yeah, that's what this podcast is not and what it is. So let's just jump right in. So the topic tonight is go ahead and wear that red lipstick. You're probably wondering where that came from. Well, you know what? That, that topic came out of um, the, one of the poems I wrote in Healing of the Heart. It's called My Freedom. And if you remember earlier, I was talking about, you know, having a foreclosed identity. So let me start by asking you a question, okay? Do you wear lipstick? I tell you what, do you, do you, do you wear, uh, I don't know, jeans? Do you wear pants? Okay, these questions obviously are related to myself, but, you know, what are some things that, you know, a part of you tell, will tell you that you can't do and you shouldn't do, 
even though there's no harm in doing so, right? I don't know. Um, for some persons, maybe they can't uh, perm their hair. Okay, that sounds really, really elementary, but it's true. For, for some people, that's not allowed. Those, you know, so what I'm talking about here are cultural binds, you know, things that, you know, we were told coming up that you can't do them. And the, th the thing about that is, if you, if you listened earlier, we talked about foreclosed identity. I'm going to define that for you in a moment. But essentially, when, you know, when, when we were, before we were born, let me back up, let me back up. Before you were born, did you know yourself? I often ask these questions and I get a blind stare. Well, what do you mean? Well, do you know, did you know yourself before you were born? No, of course not. Did you know your parents before you were born? No. Okay, so when you were born, did you know yourself then? No. So how did you learn about yourself? Well, essentially, we learn about ourselves based on the other selves, plural, that are in our environment, right? So we are told who we are, and we learn a lot about who we are because we are told. So it depends on what you're being told will help to feed or to form the way how you see yourself. I mean, that's pretty deep. Because from there, you get to decide or see yourself, right? Not decide really, but you get to see yourself, okay? You get to have this picture of yourself, the world, right? Based on what you were told or taught and yourself in the world. You know, in practice, I often always, um, I often ask clients to say, tell me, so how do you see yourself in the world? And they look at me like, what? No, seriously. I ask myself that question. Matter of fact, I've written about that. How do you see yourself in the world? And oftentimes, you're going to go back to what you were told, what you've learned, and basically, you know, how you've been socialized. And here's the thing about that. If you didn't have, like, healthy dosage of things to learn about the world, yourself and others, that tell you what, you're going to come away with a pretty crappy self-view, a pretty crappy self-esteem. And I tell you what, that's true for a lot of us. Me first. I always say, me first, because I'm not the exception. Right? So when I talk about wear the red lipstick, hey, I still have to fight to wear red lipstick because those are one of the cultural binds that I was told that I could not wear. We'll talk more about it as we go along. But I want to pause here and define uh, foreclosed identity. Have you heard of that term? I like it. It's a social science word. I like foreclosed identity because it really gets at the heart of what happens to us when we're in our early infant and our infancy and adolescent years, which is a, those are our formative years. Those years we're really being told and formed about what we should be and what we should not be. And don't get me wrong, remember, it's not about judgment. It's a collective experience because some of these things that we're told, I mean, these things are good, essentially. They help us, right? But some of that stuff, a lot of that stuff is not so cool, you know? So what's a foreclosed identity? Basically, it's an identity with expectations from others, and growing up, we accept that because we don't know ourselves because we're born not knowing anything. So we accept what persons say that we are. And guess what? And we accept it without question. Just think about that. We accept the identity um, and the identity expectations of others without question. But think about it. When you're growing up, did you really know what questions to ask? I always ask this question in, in practice. Did you know, what would you want to ask your mom and dad? Well, I have a lot of questions. So pause. If you listen to the, the last two podcast episodes, it was a conversation between a girl and her dad, a conversation between a girl and her mom. I had questions, you know? I had some questions because 
you know, growing up, you know, we need to respect our parents, which that is true because respect is important. Let's not, let's not minimize that. But some of us had such a fear and trepidation, we dare not ask our parents questions. And you're from a culture like mine, the Caribbean culture, you can't, you just can't, okay? You will lose your teeth. That's what we always say in our household. You know, you, you, you will lose your teeth. You will not be able to sit on your butt. You know what I mean? So foreclosed upon is when, I like this word, you know, when uh, an identity is thrust upon you, uh, for example, uh, you need to assume a particular vocation. You know, um, uh, for example, I mentioned a couple of times before talking about I was told I was going to be a lawyer. I went to law school. It did not happen. I failed by 0.5 that semester that I needed. I did, you know, and so, and I'll be honest, I was told I was going to be that. I never really thought about that. So once again, here's a good example of being told vocationally what I will become, right? I mean, to be told what you're going to become, but yet your sense of self, I wasn't sure about my sense of self. I wasn't sure about my own self-esteem. It's no wonder why I didn't make it. I wasn't sure. And on top of that, I was told what to be. I didn't get a chance to explore that. And while I was exploring law school, and don't get me wrong, I learned a lot in law school, okay? I learned a lot. It was fun. I had friends, one of my best friends, he's an attorney. You know, he, you know, it's interesting. In fact, he said to me, you know, Keisha, when you didn't finish law school and you decide to, to go into social science, I knew that was the right thing for you. You know, it's interesting how other persons can see this in you and you can't see it in yourself yet. Yeah, I like those people. So that's why the collective experience matters because it's not all bad. You know, you do have the exception. You do have uh, the, 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 the rose in the garden. That's what I always say. He's a rose in my garden. I'm talking about my friend Terrence. But so for close identity then, talking about, you know, this way of being, that's just thrust upon you without question. Um, so you need to do a particular vocation. You know, you need to be able to uh, accept this, this status that goes with it or whatever um, the expectation of the other persons are that are throwing upon you. Whatever the expectation, and some of them are unspoken too. You don't even know what they are. But either way, being foreclosed upon does not give you the chance to really figure out maybe perhaps what hobbies you want for yourself, what vocation you want for yourself, what traditions you want to keep or not. And all these things happen in our infancy and in our adolescent years. So to be foreclosed upon, it simply means that your particular identity or belief system, right, is often selected by your family, your family of origin, or the persons that were your caregivers, right? And that can really have some serious consequences. Why is that? Because we grow up maintaining that identity, regardless of our setting or our relationships. Pause, can you imagine, right? So you would grow up with this way of thinking, this way of being, whatever setting we're in, whatever relationships we're in, whether they're working or not, we hold on to this way of being and they simply just direct and they drive our instincts and they just pretty much take over everything that we do. That's pretty significant. As I said before, for me, one of those things was not wearing a red lipstick, right? So let's pause here. In your family, here's a question for you. How was it determined that a person was a somebody? I always, I like to ask that question too, and I get this blank stare, yeah. In your family, how is it determined that you are somebody? 
or that you would become a somebody. In your family, how is it determined that you're smart? You know, that you were important? Is it because you followed all the rules? Is it because you never got a D or an F? Is it because you followed the linear path um, that was pre-selected for you? Like, how was it for you growing up? How was it determined that you'd be a somebody, right? So I don't know, what do you think about that? So let's, let's go back to talking about, you know, um, this foreclosed identity being thrust upon you and, you know, without question. So I, I, I just proposed a question to you asking you, you know, perhaps what was it like growing up and how did you determine that you'd become as somebody as a, as a woman or what kind of woman you would be? Hmm? Um, I, I have often, you know, my grandmother used to always joke and say, if you, if you don't, um, if you don't know how to cook, you won't get a good husband. I don't know. Maybe, maybe a lot of you guys can relate to that. Some people take that stuff quite seriously and literally. I didn't. I didn't care because I just didn't like to cook. But those those simple things, these simple, well-meaning, you know, persons say that, but some people take that to heart and it really affects your self-esteem in terms of how they cook. Maybe some, some women cook even though they don't like to, but they better cook because they want to have a good husband. That thing just plays over and over again. So they take on this identity, I have to be a good cook. So here's a, here's a, here's a, a, a confession. I was that too. I used to pretend like I can cook. I don't know how to cook properly. I mean, I can cook to save my life and so my kids won't be hungry. But I have to tell you, my husband is the one who cooks. This is the truth. And when I share this, I get the look like, you cannot be telling the truth. You're not from the Caribbean. You don't know how to cook. No, it's true. I don't. I, I don't cook the fancy meals and the gourmet Jamaican dishes. I don't. My husband does, and I thank God for that because my kids, when I cook, they take out the ketchup bottle. When he cooks, everybody, including myself, we're licking our fingers. You understand? So having a foreclosed identity is pretty critical because guess what? In other words, we, are, we have these personas. We mask, right? And sometimes they can be problematic in our relationships because you're pretending to be one way, and in your relationship you're suffering or other people are suffering because you really can't deliver what someone said you should be delivering and which is what you do not want to deliver. Does that make sense? All right. So I don't know. Let's pause here. And add, let me ask some questions. What are some cultural binds? Because I'm asking questions again. What are some cultural binds that perhaps that you have been, that have been thrusted upon you um, that you're still carrying? I don't know. Do you have to be that good cook? Do you have to wear the long skirt? I don't know. Do you, not have, do you have to still not perm your hair? <laughs> I don't know. Do you still, what are some things that you really still do, honestly, that you still do? Because culturally, this was said that you had to be this way in order to have a productive life or, you know, to have that spouse or um, to make that income. You had to be in this particular vocation to make that income. You're following all the rules and you're still not making that income or you're making that income and you're not happy, you're depressed, you're anxious. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to pause here. I want you to ponder that for a second. Thinking about this, this, um, this notion, this, uh, this construct talking about um, a foreclosed identity and perhaps, I don't know, the, 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 the consequences for you. Um, and uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more about those consequences. So let's play some more music. Let's play some more Samuel Medas. Here we go. I like to cheer when I when I play his music. 
Right, I'm back. Did you give it some thought about having a foreclosed identity? I mean, really, are you foreclosed upon? Were you foreclosed upon? And you've made some changes? I don't know. So consider um, this idea about how uh, having a foreclosed identity and perhaps some behaviors that have come out of it. We, I'd mentioned some of those before I took a pause, some of the things that you don't do. Um, those are behaviors as a result of um, having this uh, view of self that you have to be a particular way, you know, because we act out of that, you know, we act out of that unconsciously, actually. I'm not sure if you heard my, uh, my Monday power tip um, two weeks ago talking about the superego and the superego is part of our personality, you know, it's the part that has the cultural imperatives, those cultural bind, those uh, moral and ethical imperatives, the one that says essentially thou shall not, thou shall not wear that red lipstick. Thou shall not wear that pants. Thou shall not talk to that boy. You're going to go to hell. You know, thou shall not wear that red nail polish. Thou shall not. Yeah, that's a superego. Yeah. As a matter of fact, let me just touch on that just a little. The superego is formed from six months in utero. Yeah, you're picking up on all the things inside from the interactions of mom. And then when you come into the environment, well, you're going to hear a whole lot more about that. You know, some of the women I work with um, come out of um, very strict... Um, conservative religious homes and it really that super ego is very oppressive in a lot of ways that are not even uh, common sense um, that really limits um, person's emotional expression you know because if the super ego tells you thou shall not thou shall not you're not going to do a lot of things you're not going to explore a lot of things you're not going to uh, develop social and emotional um, strength and skills you're, you're going to find it a lot more difficult to be resilient because of this oppressive inner dialogue um, that goes on from what you've learned and from what you've heard and what you were told to be. So having a foreclosed identity is pretty significant, you know. Um, as a matter of fact, can be so oppressive that we have a hard time looking at ourselves, you know, because that's where the anxiety comes from. If you were to look at yourself, you know, I often like to explore this oversimplified expression or explanation, rather. I, anxiety comes from this, this impulse. It's this feeling, it's this thought about, you know, how wrong you are about this or that thing. Because the superego is saying, thou shall not, right? But it's the side of you that says, but I want to. And then the ego says, oh my, 
you really should not do that. And you should manage this, but it's hard to manage it. And so that's where persons get palpitations and, you know, you're anxious and you're depressed because you're not really sure what to do with that. That's because growing up, you weren't really allowed to know what to do with that. You weren't allowed to really explore your emotions or to be expressive, right? So a lot of cultural bind, you know, um, in our identities and in our, in, our, in our development, really. So as we become women, we become women who are like very either shy, uh, very anxious, very fearful, uh, definitely our self-esteem. We're just not really sure of ourselves. We, you know, I often hear women say, you know, I second guess myself so much, you know, I hate to walk into a room. I feel like everybody's looking at me. I can't do that presentation. I feel like I'm going to trip over myself. I feel like I'm going to say the wrong thing. I just don't think I'm good enough to do this. I've heard women say, I've always felt like I'm not smart or I was smart enough. I've always made to be, you know, feel like I wasn't, I didn't, you know, uh, um, catch up or, you know, stand up to my other siblings. Right, because like I asked the question earlier, in your family, how is it determined that a person was a somebody? Yeah, but who, who, who are recognizing your family as the person or those persons, right? So. A lot of these interactions really, they're fed into you know, our consciousness and then they become unconscious thoughts and feelings. And then the super ego gets involved and it's just, everything is just oppressive on the inside and not expressive. And so we walk around with a lot of repressed attitudes, a lot of repressed events, right? Some of them we just block them out because it's just too much, you know? <laughs> we just disassociate, forget that, you know? Just, just throw that overboard, okay? Um, but a lot of us have walk around with repressed events, repressed attitudes. Yeah, we repress the attitudes because we're growing up like some of us, including me, we couldn't talk about that. You couldn't say, you know what? I didn't agree with that. Why would you say that, mom or dad or auntie so-and-so? Why did you say that? We can't say that. We weren't allowed. Thou shalt not talk back. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not express yourself, essentially. So we walk around with a lot of repressed, I'm repeating myself because I'm being intentional. We walk around with a lot of repressed attitudes, okay? Repressed events, you know, just never got to be expressed. You know what happens? It's all in there. It's all in there. And those things turn over and over and over in our unconsciousness. And you know what? Our unconsciousness is on default. And before you know it, we're acting out of that place. When I say acting, we're behaving. We make decisions out of that place. We choose jobs out of that place. We choose relationships or we let people pick us, you know, so we can feel better about ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's pretty significant, these consequences. And one of the consequences is this. We don't want to look at ourselves. It's too painful. Like I just said, some of the stuff we just check out about, we dissociate. We're not going to deal with that. And as a matter of fact, some persons don't want to look at themselves, so they end up doing addictive things. Uh, drinking, smoking, you know, multiple relationships, um, staying in jobs that perhaps are not serving you. I don't know. Who knows? You know the consequences. You know them better than I know myself. I often tell the woman I work with, hey, you know what? You're the expert on your life. I am not. I am just someone here that you have privilege to come alongside you and support you. But I don't know your story. I need for you to tell me that so we can renegotiate those parts. So here's the deal. So one of the things this podcast is about is that I'm hoping this podcast is helping you to look at yourself instead of running away from yourself. Because often 
You see, what happened is that, you know, when we're growing up and we have all these repressed things, we can't really express ourselves. That's actually teaching us to run away from ourselves. Don't talk about that. Don't express that. So as we get older, we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> we don't want to express that. We don't want to do anything with it until it gets to a point where, you know, we get into our 40s where I'm at and we start having high blood pressure. Yeah, so then not only just the, the mental aspect of things or the, the, those mental tapes are playing over and over again and um, you're having um, the intrapsychic, well, what we call being neurotic about things, um, but then you have the physical manifestations of things. You have like high blood pressure, you know, you have, um, you, you become diabetic, um, you know, weight gain, you're not sleeping properly. Yeah, these things have to show up somewhere. You know, you're breaking out in hives, you have psoriasis of something, I don't know, you're itching, you know, they have to come out somewhere. I know it sounds really silly, but it's true. As I said in the last podcast, there's a medical doctor 30 years ago who said thoughts are things. I tell you what, and thoughts sometimes, or a lot of times, they're worse than germs because they can actually kill you. That's how serious this is. So, yeah, I'm hoping that, so I'm adding this piece to what I'm hoping this podcast will be, is to help you to ask yourself questions or other people. You know, the same questions that I was mentioning or I was actually instigating earlier when we first started out tonight. You can hear my cat in the background. And so, you know, I had to ask myself some questions, questions that, you know, essentially growing up, we've learned to not honor ourselves. We, you know, hey, kids, you know, be seen and not be heard. So don't talk, don't just be quiet, you know? So we've learned, right? We've learned, we've trained the unconscious to not honor ourselves. And so we grow up actually literally being afraid of ourselves, okay? One time I had to ask myself, what, what about me scares me? Maybe you should try asking yourself that question too. What about you scares you? What about you scares you? I mean, what? What are the things that scare you? Um, and I had this answer. I was meditating or reflecting one day. I'm like, I'm afraid of not, of not measuring up to me. Oh my gosh, whoa. That blew me off my chair um, of not measuring up to me. Well, exactly what is that, you know? And I, some of the things that came out of my reflection time was, oh my gosh, feeling rejected. Well, gee, you know, a lot of us grew up feeling rejected because remember, you know, our status as children, for some of us, in our, especially in the Caribbean culture, um, you're to be seen and not be heard. So you are taught to reject yourself very early. These are well-intentional, well-intentioned, meaningful people that they themselves do not know and do not know how to help us with our social and emotional development. That's basically what this comes down to in terms of forming a positive sense of self, a positive identity. And so one of the other things that came out of what scares me is feeling the permission, feeling I need permission. But once again, where did I learn that? Where did you learn that, right? So feeling rejected, so needing approval, a lot of women, a lot of us feel like we need approval. That sucks. I'm telling you, man. Listen, I cannot tell you on a day-to-day -day basis that's what I hear when I'm, when I'm in practice. I feel like I need approval. Wow. It's true. You know what? That's a pandemic or endemic. I don't know. Um, uh, so, and for some women, it's, oh, you know, um, I feel I need permission to look a certain way. I mentioned that, which is why go ahead and wear the red lipstick. You know, I, I actually should have been actually videoing this podcast tonight, and so I could put my red lipstick on for you guys. But anyway, so a lot of times when I was speaking about myself, 
What about me scares me? Feeling rejected. Uh, needing the permission of others. Heavily concerned about what other people think. Well, that is the environment I grew up in. I, I need the approval of others. You can't do anything without having approval, man. You just can't, you know? Um, so here's the thing. So we're taught early how to reject ourselves. We're taught early how to doubt ourselves. And, and, and you know what? Those, that produces feelings of very poor self-esteem. That's what I'm talking about, being fed large quantities or large dosages of, of poor self-esteem. That's what it really boils down to. I hear it every day. I hear it every day. And again, it's like germs are things. So then being able to look at yourself, this is a, this is a shift. This is a paradigm shift, which is why I had to really kind of, not kind of, this is why every time I do a podcast, I really try to infuse education, right, the literature to help you to understand how some of these things have come about and how you do have a choice to undo them. You do have a choice to undo them. You're an adult now, right? So because I am also an adult, I recognize that I need to center my emotions on what is actually true, what's resolute, okay? I need to center myself on the things that are true. And so, so how to measure up to me? So how to measure up to me? Ask yourself, how can I measure up to myself? You should ask yourself that question. And this is what came out of my reflection time at this particular time when I did this. I asked myself, who am I? And I actually said, who is me? <laughs> who is me? <laughs> right? And, and I actually did put some language to that. I'm passionate, I'm passionate about believing I can become better. Think about that. Because when we're born, you know, we just didn't have these options to be articulate or to voice. I mean, we didn't even know words, you know? Um, so who, who is me? Who am I? I'm passionate about believing I can become better, that I can heal and become whole and confident, right? This is, this is, this is what, this is who I am. And I also believe I deserve space to be who I am without judgment, without being told about my own predicaments. You know, it's interesting, we're going through something, someone wants to tell you about your own predicament. This is why it's so important to not continue to tell people what to do, but rather to listen and to see what, what thoughts or questions they might have about their own predicaments. Ask questions, you know? So yeah, I believe I deserve space to be who I am with that judgment that, you know, that I am smart, that I am qualified, that I am enough. And I deserve the space to be free of those things, those thoughts and those feelings that have been so oppressive. I don't know, this is something that have come out of the work I've done over the years. And this is what we call in our work, a professional use of self. Uh, to, to explain and to be a reflection to say to other women and girls, you know what? Yeah, we have similar stories, but this is why, how and why I decide to renegotiate my own identity I don't have to be foreclosed upon, right? So if you're a mom listening tonight, right? Let's not foreclose upon our girls. You know, when they're expressing something and we're not sure how to handle that, get support. So you can support your kids in their expression because essentially we don't want to, you know, um, self-fulfill this in our own children, in our own girls. So what can you do here with this information about foreclosed identity? 
What can you do differently instead of having what was thrust upon you? What can you do with it now with this information? Obviously, there's a lot that you can do. You know, I, I don't know. Um, as I was really talking about that part, I was also, I want to also share that it's interesting that when we learn from a place of being foreclosed upon, so then we're essentially we're performing. Everything is out of performance. Let me repeat, everything is out of performance instead of passion. I'm going to say that again. I, I think I need to tweet that. <laughs> or put that on IG. So when we come from a foreclosed identity, we come from a place of performance and not out of passion. And so we cannot be our true and authentic selves. We're basically, you know, a mold from what was given to us and told to us. And so that's important. I wanted to make sure I add that. So I don't know, what will you do with this information tonight? Um, now learning about, or perhaps you've heard this concept before this construct, you know, what can you do with that? I want to challenge you tonight to ask yourself those questions. Who am I? Or who is me, as I mentioned earlier, right? I asked a quite a few questions, so I'm going to repeat them here because I really want you to leave with this. And uh, some of the other questions I asked was, when you were growing up in your family, um, how was it determined that a person was good? How was it determined that this person was a somebody? You know, if you're from the Caribbean, I know you understand that. Uh, that's, that's, that, that person's a somebody, you know? Was it thrust upon you that you should be a, have a particular vocation, right? These are some questions I'm gonna leave with you tonight. And also, from those questions, when you answer them, I'm also gonna leave with this next piece. What have been some consequences or some behaviors and consequences that have come out of this performance of foreclosed identity, right? So I'm gonna leave you with that tonight. And before we end, I'm gonna play a little bit more of Samuel Madas, and then I'm gonna read for you um, one of the poems out of The Healing of the Heart, selected prose and poem book, it's called My Freedom. And I wanna read the portion talking about wearing that red lipstick. So let's just pause for about another minute or two, and I'm gonna play some more Samuel Madas. I'm gonna let you hear some of the words now. Yes, we can. Here we go, guys. I love this song. Hope you had a chance to copy some of those questions. They say, everybody say that it can't be done. I love to sing. I think you guys learned from the last couple of podcasts. She say, say what you want to say. Everybody say that it can't be done. Stacy Giants walking in the lane. But that really carry from the only one. So yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can change. Yes, we can change from being foreclosed upon. So I want to reinforce that definition again. So basically, it's the identity expectation of others that's placed upon us without us exploring or being given a chance to negotiate that. Tonight, 
I'm going to charge you. You have the responsibility of now renegotiating those aspects and those territories of your life that was foreclosed upon. So with that, I am going to read to you from Healing of the Heart, read to you this poem, My Freedom. So here we go. It says this, learning to be free, seeing in my mind's eye freedom, recognizing the power therein and boundless opportunities to win. Learning to be free, Christ has so much more for me. The world denied and mocked him, yet even death he set captives free. Learning to be free means doing the ordinary and mundane with simplicity and creativity, knowing his grace has set me free. Learning to be free, so go ahead and wear that red lipstick. See yourself where you want to be. Knowing the creator anchors me. Go where you have never been. Risk the unforbidden thing. Accept self and embrace imagination. I am off the reservation. Yes, I am free. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for being with me this evening. It was such a privilege, again, because it is a privilege for you to sit and talk with me. And um, I look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. And before I go, I want to also um, just kind of share a few things. Number one, uh, the pre-release is underway now. Um, and persons have the ability to pre-order from Healing of the Heart. Um, the website is healingoftheheart.co. And um, uh, when the full release, which is September 18th, by that time, we're going to have um, the book available on Amazon and also at Barnes and Nobles. So yeah, I'll keep you posted on that. And also, if you go to nbhi-llc.org, and go to the events page, you'll see a lot about our women's group. We're very excited about that. Here's another cheer. Yes. We love working with women. Oh my gosh, it's the passion, it's the life, honestly. So you can learn more about our women's group. We have our self-esteem, our second annual women's self-esteem empowerment group starting uh, the September 9th or 8th, that Thursday starting at 7 p.m. sharp in the, at the Green Acres location. You can see us there. And again, we also have the Women's uh, Connection Collective. Um, this is where we meet outside of the office. We'll meet at different um, venue. This time it's gonna be at Lake Worth Beach. If you're interested, you can go there. Um, the event is on Eventbrite. You can sign up there. Our next meeting time is, I believe, October 29th, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, we're gonna go out with the banks at night. We're gonna play the rest of Samuel Madass music. And I'm gonna let you hear all the words of the song. I think it's way cool. Thank you so much. Everybody saying that it can't be done. He said, she said. They say, say what you wanna say, oh, oh, yeah. Everybody say that it can't be done. They see giants walking in the lane. But that really carry probably only one. Saying, yes, we came. Those those that are for me are far more than those who are against me. We're pulling out our swords. Anything that don't look like you and talk like you, you gotta come down.
to the ways of the city with me carrying divinity set apart tear it down to the earth the strongholds of poverty greedy simple living and reveling in demonic prisons been given instruction to tear it down the city is yours say yet the lord be sure to tear down the things that i apart look follow my word to the letter for sure victory is given and show you secure you guys have to look at my dad guys Thank you, Darlene, for joining me tonight. I appreciate the comment. Thank you so much for your support. As we wind down, just going to give my gratitude. And that's what it's all about, our community. And for the next person, I'm not sure that's what the acronym means, but I want to tell you thank you so much for joining the podcast. And this other person, thank you so much for giving me your time. And your heart. He has given Thank us you. The city. The Lord has given us the city. Yeah. Oh, God. Yes, I heard of you. I know they got experience, but they don't have a clue. They can't see what I see because this is supernatural. All right, guys, I'm ending tonight. Have a wonderful evening. I'll see you back in two weeks. Bye, guys.